run down to the store for some cookies with Better Buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, we've got James. Hello. And, uh, Mirror Boy. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know what that would say right side up. Uh. Wait, what? Wards, is it I thought it was upside down. It's it's, not upside down. It's not upside down, it's... No, it is upside down and backwards. That we, you guys are thinking too hard. Kelvin well, somehow managed why? to type his name with the letters turned around backwards, but then the A is upside oh, down. Only the the C is upside down and backwards because it's not actually a C. Being upside down matters. Yeah, shut up. Uh, <laughs> uh, the A is upside down. The L is normal. Uh, so is the the V and the I, and then the N is. They're all different symbols because the L is the Roman numeral L, the VI is the Roman numeral VI, and then the N I think is something else. It's just a uh, dash. What's the what's the game with the? It's a cricket. It's a cricket peg. What was that one called? Sure, the wicket. <clears throat> the wicket. That's it. I mean, I knew I got the cricket. All right, oh. I was struggling to get to cricket. I got the cricket. Are, are you thinking of croquet? Croquet. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he is thinking of croquet because it looks more like a croquet. Like I am thinking of one croquet. Of the hoops. I was just struggling a lot to get to the word croquet. You got it eventually, you know, and that's what's important. To be fair, I didn't. You did. <laughs> well, I'm giving it to you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate this gift. Here. Of course. Our better buddies icebreaker this week. If you could choose one celebrity to have coffee with, who'd it be? And why? Living or dead? Sure. I mean, the dead might be a little awkward, but sure. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, I would have to go with uh, Richard Dean Anderson. He's still alive. Um, But I've always wanted to meet him. He's the actor who played MacGyver and then Colonel Jack O'Neill in Stargate SG-1. Both two of, like, some of my favorite favorite television shows of all time i constantly re-watch them and he is probably one of my favorite actors of all time and i've always wanted to meet him i had i i almost like flew out to utah to a comic-con to meet him in like 2017 and i honestly should have because he hasn't done any appearances since covid started and he's getting pretty he's getting old so i'm Thinking I might not ever get the chance to meet him. I almost forced James to go to divert our Europe trip because it just so happened coincidentally that we were in Paris the day he was in like Lyon at a convention. Ooh. We could uh we could have met him. As it would have someone... like messed it would have messed with our flight home, but I was almost like I this I need to do this. <laughs> travel thousands of miles to see <laughs> as someone who will never get the chance to meet the celebrity that occupied that position for me get it the next chance you have yeah i yeah because he was like super foundational i think in like 
uh, as uh, like uh, like as much as famous people can be yeah. um, for my like childhood because I grew up on MacGyver. I found SG One later, but MacGyver was a big one for me. He's like a Midwestern dude, though, because he's from Minnesota. Um, I mean, he's the reason I love the Jeep Wrangler so much because he drove it. It's like the fact that my dad had a Jeep Wrangler, and then like I grew up watching MacGyver, and MacGyver always had a Jeep Wrangler. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. I just. I've, I. I. It was very. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like influential, I guess. Formative. Yeah. On formative. Thank you. Formative for me was growing up with MacGyver. So I. I really want to try and meet him one day. That's really cool. You could have him make make you something real quick. James. Gadget. James, yeah. I, have, I have some bad news. <laughs> <laughs> MacGyver's not real. Oh, yes, he what? is. I believe. Hey, no, he no, did all that stuff. Oh no, but MacGyver's real too. He really did all that stuff. Yeah, you can't put yeah. something not true on TV, RJ. Yeah, that's against the law. It is against the law. <laughs> so you're telling me Captain <laughs> America's real too? No, that's well, dumb. Wait, what's wait? What's real too? Captain America. Yeah, of course that's real, RJ. Oh, of thank course. you, James. Of course, see? See? James, you're just Everything a gift that keeps on giving control. tonight. I know, I'm I'm really trying, you know, I'm trying to trying to make up for lost time. And I'm just saying, if by any chance a wide swath of the American public found out what it was watching on television was not real, it would all be Riot. very upset. <laughs> right. Sheer <man>. anarchy. <laughs> they lied about MacGyver! <laughs> 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 yeah good grief i would do that i would I'd do it on calvin's behalf oh Thank that's you. nice of course <laughs> uh i see originally i was thinking like either chris evans or robert downey jr um i'm trying to stick to somebody who'd still be alive where it's like i have a a thimble full of a chance or less to meet them, but I could. Um, cause if you like, th- if you'd asked me this question about four years ago, I would have said Stan Lee, but he's mm-hmm. dead. Um, so, but then Calvin, you mentioned the Midwest connection mm-hmm. and my thought of getting up there in years, but still possible to probably meet is Joel Robinson. I think this is his last name. Uh, but Joel from MST3K. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's from Minnesota, and he's he's Midwestern at heart, and he's actually, like, he seems like he'd be a pretty chill dude to, like, get a coffee with and would just wax kind of poetically philosophical on whatever topic while also making some dumb jokes. Be a lot of fun. Are there any, is there anything in particular you would ask him? Oh. I think if I was having coffee with Joel, coffee with Joel, I would probably ask him. Man, I don't know what I'd ask him. I'd ask him. <laughs> I'd ask him what celebrity he'd choose to have coffee with. There we go. What <laughs> <laughs> would you want to do, like an MST3K taping with him? I mean, I given the chance, I would, but only if it was a like okay, we went through the whole, like, I would want to experience it from the get-go of, here's the movie. 
go watch the movie, write out all the jokes you can think of, come back, we put together the script, and then we, like, I, w- I, want, I would want to do the whole thing, just because, like, I can make some dumb jokes on the fly, but I'm not a professional comedian by any means, so at least by that, in that way, I would have, like, practiced jokes and would know what I was saying, and it would be a, a, a quality, in, in uh, a quality piece of work. Does that make sense? Yeah. It would be an eventful time. And plus, like, we could just do that fun fact. I mean, it wouldn't be with Joel, but you could just make fun of bad movies. We, I, am I sensing a spinoff? Am I sensing a, a sequel series? No, because literally, like, half the internet tried to do that about three years ago. <laughs> oh, we're different, RJ. <laughs> we're, we're, we're funny. <laughs> I mean, let's see. There was MST3K, which also had Shout Factory and Rift Tracks, because they were all basically the same company. Um, there was Theater Mode, which was Rooster Teeth's put out for riffing over movies. Um, I know the Flophouse does it rarely, but as like their live show kind of thing, they'll do riff shows um there are a few others i know of like i know that they're out there of like we're doing the riffing over movies but the let's be honest half of them aren't even comedians to begin with so this is true and we're way funnier than those people anyway sure james (laughs) who do you have coffee with i would have coffee with um, I would probably have coffee with Trey Parker, Ooh. who is, Ooh, yeah, that'd be good. yeah, and he's, it would be unfortunate because I think having, if I, if I have to pick one, like, I do have to pick Trey Parker, because obviously it's Trey Parker and Matt Stone, who both yeah. did South Park, but. Are they not one um, person? They're not. No, they, they are, they are two people. Um, and honestly, like, even though Matt isn't, um, the most he's not as involved as Trey is like usually um, he's still like a great part of the show and he's like incredibly funny and he adds something that without him, the show would severely lack, but I would want to talk to Trey. Cause I just think he, um, he seems like he just seems like he, he would be it'd just be cool to talk to that guy for like an hour and basically just ask him like what it was like, like what he actually thinks about show, like, talk to him about like an episode or two and like, and then just like talk about like random stuff. If it seems like he would probably like, you could riff with him pretty easily. Um, I would like going off of that. I would love to pick his brain on the contract on the whole, like South park is the show where they make fun of everybody and anybody. And the more you protest, the more they will make fun of you for it. (laughs) But in doing so, What's the, if nothing is off limits, what is sacred? Like, what what is worth, what is valued in that instance then? Yeah, like, what is, is there anything, like, does that, well, because the, the, the case could be made that it's that principle that is the one sacred thing, which is kind of ironic, um, right? Because, like, if your rule is that, like, nothing is sacred, 
then even that rule isn't sacred, which means that there could be something sacred. So it's like, yeah, it, like they did a whole episode on like a whole two part episode on that, like years ago, like a decade ago. Um, oh, is that the Imagination like, Land one? No, it's oh. it's one where they talk about um, it's like they're making fun of Family Guy and it's 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 like a whole thing. But Kyle has like a line in it where it's something like, um, you know, either either everything is funny or uh, like ever uh, what is it either everything's okay or none of it's okay like either it's all okay to do or like none of it is um which is pretty absolutist and i don't know if i can get behind that like 100 percent, but i admire the ethic and the spirit behind that and i yeah. do think like though that show is like great um i really really do and having a conversation with him would be fantastic i would totally talk to him about like movie that he and Matt shot like when they were still in college um called Cannibal the Musical and it's like it's amazing uh I would, I would totally ask him what that was like too because that would be that would just be great but yeah I would I would talk to uh Trey Parker nice that's a good one that's a very good one thank you our next segment Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. Who would like Huzzah. to start? Huzzah! I actually have one. I have James, one I quit making go. out in the middle of our show. I'm sorry. Get out of well, here. Then. I'll be... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just I just made that noise um, accidentally. Sure. sure you did. Yep. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> yes <laughs> I I am going to recommend <clears throat> I'm going to recommend debatably the granddaddy of them all um, uh, The Simpsons I'm going to recommend The Simpsons I, I, was, have been, I was quietly wondering granddaddy of all what yeah, <laughs> I, I was thinking in connection with South Park like the granddaddy of all Animated debatably sitcoms? animated sitcoms debatably quite a bit of modern television in general um i'm not going to lie like so i'm i'm in on season three i've been watching it for a couple weeks now and i absolutely love it um i totally get why this show was like lauded um in its heyday because it really is not just some of the funniest, but genuinely some of the best television I've ever seen. Um, the I will say, like, the first season is really crude. Like, and I don't just mean, like, the humor isn't quite there yet. It's, like, even the animation is kind of, like, it was animated in, like, it, it premiered in 89. So it's, like, kind of janky a little bit. But the second season hits its stride, and it's, like, all up from there. Um I I would I would recommend it mainly because like uh, I would say get through the first season watch it just so that you can get because occasionally like the seasons will reference sort of things that have happened it's not the most important thing but it kind of helps um, yeah. I would recommend it because like I am very surprised at the amount of character that is like in the show like for some reason I always assumed that the Simpsons was kind of like a gag a minute like just kind of generic animated comedy and it was the fact that it got there first that is what made it special it's really not it's like these characters like are all really developed and like funny and they they're not 
they become caricatures like I've seen the later seasons like they do become caricatures but in the in these first few seasons they are like kind of just people like people who happen to be funny um they're truly like really well on characters and they're really really fun to watch uh the show itself is like way more sentimental sometimes even leaning into like the sappy yeah but it is just so wonderful it's so it's such a great little piece of americana i there were like a number of lists and publications that rated it as like the best television show of the 20th century um actually because it it like depicted the i quote unquote like the the archetypal american family at the end of the at the end of the the century um and i could not think of a better way for television to sort of close out uh not only the 20th century but also the the second millennium of human history then finishing with the simpsons unfortunately obviously it did not finish um with the 20th century but that's a whole other thing but i i would recommend the simpsons i i it's not everybody's cup of tea it's not like it's not the most amazing thing ever but it is really like a great piece of television and when you watch it you can see where all this inspiration for both animation and live action has come from like since it aired so so you i remembered that i had so there is a book that was published in 2000 called Jokelpedia. I received a copy of it for a birthday when I was young. And this is... It's a kid's book, right? It's a kid's joke book. This is clean, pretty clean humor. But every so often it would have spotlight pages on various comedy things. It has not aged well, because one of them is Bill Cosby. But... Ooh. One of the spotlights is on The Simpsons. And it's kind of a Boy. little bit of a, like... No, and it's on The Simpsons, even though it's like they don't warn people about how it's uh, definitely not a kids' show. <laughs> but the first question is who? Would, or the first like sentence is who would have guessed that a family of five yellow, bug-eyed, four-fingered people with bad overbites and weird, weird hairdos would ever see the light of day on television? Much less keep a show going for over ten years. Ooh, and it is not the year of our now? Lord twenty twenty-two. <laughs> Aren't they at like Whoa. thirty seasons or more? They're uh, at yes. season thirty-three. Um, Jeez. Which to really ho- like drive that home, later on in the page it says Growing has said that keeping the jokes fresh is one of the biggest challenges to keeping a show like The Simpsons alive for so long. Well, don't people who actually watch it say like the later stuff is still not like bad, but like I feel like when I hear like diehard Simpsons fans, they always tout the f- the earlier stuff as opposed to the more current stuff yeah, yeah. it's interesting I was, I was watching a video on this um that kind of raised a good point where like the simpsons is really it is um even though the characters designs might be in some way like timeless right like dad and the mom and you know the kids and stuff like there's obviously something to that kind of like archetypal structure where you can put that anywhere at any time and it'll probably work in some way but problem is is that the show was like designed to be a satire of sort of like turn of the century life it it Mm -hmm. has that show has a lot of references to like shows from the 50s to like stuff that the writers like grew up with and these were people who were born anywhere from like the late 40s to like the the mid 60s 
So uh, the show's humor can be dated, but that's what adds to its kind of like charm in the earlier seasons. And it adds to a sort of like grounding and realism that makes the comedy kind of even even better. But in the later seasons, it starts to rely just more on like most on like the, the characters almost become like kind of copies of what they originally were it's well, more like their representation it, it spawned a word for that because of the simpsons <clears throat> flanderization right flanderization exactly exactly where it's like a character over time becomes like or even a show entirely becomes sort of almost like a, a caricature of exactly of what it like originally was exactly and 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 that happened that happened with them i i've seen some of the bits from the newer seasons they're not like all bad but it's it's nowhere near like but it was, and there's a myriad yeah. of reasons for it. But that, I would, it, yeah, it's just hard though. After 30 years, to I feel I would, I would feel like to keep fresh like that because it's like you've literally covered everything. You have to just you're stuck to like current events only. Well, and it doesn't help that uh, according to the great wordsmith William Joel, we didn't, his uh, tune we didn't start the fire. The same events keep reoccurring and rehashing in the media. So like. <laughs> Even with current events, you're still redoing the same fucking thing. Yeah. Oh, totally. It's it. It's still a great show. Um, and like definitely not to tout the old line. I think it usually people say up until season ten is like mm. what you should watch so or the first what, 10 what years. Their first ten years, the first decade the show was on. Probably once you get to about two thousand is when you can kind of like tune off. Because yeah, like I can't imagine watching. 30 seasons of television <laughs> that's insane um but yeah. uh, please do you... one piece fans do it all the time yeah uh i don't know they're not at 30 years yet though uh <laughs> but um darn close should you should you start from the very beginning or because i feel like i've heard also like the first season or two you can also kind of like breeze through like it takes a season or so to find itself is that true? It does. it does. The the first season is like it is incredibly uh crude and sometimes the point where it's like the anim like the animation is like noticeably off sync with like the voice acting and stuff cuz it's just really old. Um Is so it like Or go ahead. No, you go. I was going to say isn't also Homer in the early seasons like actually just straight up abusive to Bart? In the for in the first season, he is like not the Homer. The thing is too is like people have this idea that Homer is this like kind of like cutesy, dopey sort of like I. Even in the really good seasons, he is like made out to be. In, his qualities are made to be bad qualities. Like he he mm. is made out to be like selfish and slovenly and like arrogant and like that's part of where like the art like it's he's supposed to be the archetypal like american dad like he like he's just Ouch. that's just who he's supposed to be yeah uh, but isn't but isn't it like to the extreme in some of the early seasons in the in the first season uh his voice is noticeably different like he okay. his voice actor was trying something different and yeah homer is like a little more um physical yeah yeah, he's just well not like physical not really like it's not even really until like the second season where the whole like choking thing starts to become like a recurring gag okay it's, it's like it, the first season is where he's like the most toned down but ironically because of that he comes off as like more 
angry and just like not as much of like a fun character. It's it's the the second season on is where the show really starts to like um it, the first season has heart. The second season is where like heart really really starts to show and the the show hits its stride. Like there are some gags in it where I'm like I I've and I rarely do this with like television even though I'm watching it on like you know a streaming service or whatever. Like I, where I'll like stop and rewind because I'm like this is genius. Like this is like <laughs> this is really 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 funny. Like I have to go and see that again. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I would say like again, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but there are there are some moments where it's like wow, like I can totally get, I totally get why people fell in love with this show. Yeah. Nice. Golly. Uh, um, while you were saying it, I realized that Homer is literally wringing Bart's neck. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that is a running gag in the show. <laughs> As yeah. Yeah. If that hadn't been going on for thirty years, I don't think <laughs> that would be acceptable anymore. Still, kind of isn't. But <laughs> I don't know. Some <laughs> kids. So. I somehow feel like that's not as bad. I don't know why. <laughs> I think that's just more about you. <laughs> Eh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, what's the context? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Cartman fed a kid to another kid in a bowl of chili. Wait, seriously? I don't yes. know. Like, the, like. Oh, that's... you're talking. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's, that's a little dark. But it's, yeah. Like... Yeah. Yeah. That's what makes it okay. <laughs> that kid's just having fun, you know. It's um, kids just being kids. Exactly. That makes okay. it okay. Not. Um, Do you want to go next? Yeah, I will go next. Because uh, I actually have one. Because I think I realized um, after the icebreaker that I don't think I've ever actually recommended MacGyver. Really? Hang on. Have I? Please Thank tell you. me I haven't. Because otherwise I got nothing. I know we talked about the new one. But I don't know that you recommended the original. Well, screw it. I'm doing it anyways. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to recommend MacGyver. Um, it's currently on Paramount Plus, which... Um, one sec, i got to close my door. <gasps> Someone's breaking in. Breaking news! Someone the door is open! In. <laughs> door is ajar. Ding! Door is ajar. Ugh! Alright, try to close my what? What? It's sucked out of the vacuum. You gotta shut that airlock, you know? Well, oh, it's no. a good thing I don't live there. Um, <laughs> I forgot. You gotta, even be, you gotta be even more careful where you live. <laughs> that place where you live now looks like the alien planet. Or the aliens do look like. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, where was I? Yeah, uh, MacGyver. Uh, burr, 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 burr. I lost, completely lost my train of thought. Oh, it's You're on, um, really it's currently, lot. yeah, it's currently streaming on Paramount Plus, which if you have like the free version, it's just got ads, which isn't too bad. Um, but yeah, I would recommend MacGyver. It's just a classic. It's a very much, um, like TV of its time, which it aired in the mid to late eighties. I want to say, or did it air in the seventies? I got to look it up now. I don't think it did. Um, but it, it, it's very much, uh, yeah, 85 to 92. It feels very much like the mid eighties, which is just kind of awesome. And I like, um, it, 
like I said, it's it's very wholesome in that there's usually a kind of moral because um, uh, stuff like that. It's very like just family friendly, but it's still got some great action and some great scenes, some good humor. Um, like I said, for me personally, it was very influential in that I grew up watching it. Um, and he's a like. If I'm wrong, MacGyver doesn't really t- like to use guns, does he? No, he hates guns. He refuses to use guns at all points. Um, and he always, and, he, and that's a big thing, is that he hates guns. Um, which you learn the reason why in a later episode. Um, which I guess I can spoil because it's like not a I big don't know. deal. But, Do we really want to spoil uh, this 25, 30 year old show? uh yeah i guess if you care for spoilers but um basically there's an episode that goes around it in that macgyver and a group of his friends as a young kid um were you like not like playing with a a revolver but they kind of snuck out their dad's revolver and they were doing like target shooting with it and there was an accident and one of their friends was killed um so that's like the one of the foundations for his like hate of guns um but yeah so it's all about i assume everyone's heard of basically of macgyver because he's become such a like pop culture thing and just being like the macgyverism has become just like in the like public lexicon of like terms and stuff but yeah basically he just is a problem solver that just uses anything and literally everything around him to solve his problems and they kind of shy away from that later in the series it's not so much they sh- well, i guess it's not they shy away from it but there's in some of the later episodes it's he only has like one or two things mm-hmm. whereas in the early episodes he's like making a ultralight aircraft carrier or aircraft carrier ultralight aircraft out of a uh, cement mixer bamboo and tarp um and he flies and he escapes off a mountain with that um to later in the series he like like hits a guy with a hospital gurney um so they kind of like tone I, it down a bit I have a question. <laughs> well yeah. if he's got the bamboo and the tarps on a mountain why didn't he build a hang glider instead of trying to factor in the weight of an engine <laughs> because they need to escape the area on a mountain he has a person that comes with him. Yeah. You could do a uh, two-man glider. Hey, shut up. Uh, <laughs> that's a different episode, RJ. He uses his hang glider. Come on. Um, you can't rehash the same material. Uh, what is MacGyver's, like, job? Like, he were, He's a secret agent. He's a MacGyver. No, he's <laughs> actually a secret agent. Um, uh, he works for, like, this thing called, like, the DXS... But, like, only occasionally he does some, like, because it's, like, Cold War era. So everybody has to be, like, somehow secret agent. But basically he works for this big think tank called the Phoenix Foundation. And through that, there's a bunch of government contracts. And there's some episodes that talk about him being, like, a DXS agent, which is, like, the Department of External Services or something like that. So it's basically he's, like, a secret agent on contract through the phoenix foundation he's an independent um, contractor <laughs> yeah basically but oh, man. it also freelance uh, adventurer 
<laughs> yeah, no, that's honestly more what it is. Um, and the Phoenix Foundation is basically a catch-all to allow him to interact with basically anything and everything um, because it's a think tank. So it doesn't have like one specific field. It's got like everything. So uh, he, yeah, he, it's basically just a, a, a crutch so that he can come in contact with anything and everything, but it, it works. It, it's, it's simplistic, but I do think it works. Yeah. What do you think like attracts you to the show? Well, um, weren't you listening? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm, all, no, all the yeah. all the parallels that I could see from like growing up, um, like he, like Richard Dean Anderson, the actor, is from the Midwest. MacGyver himself is like from Minnesota. Honestly, MacGyver is like a lot of the aspects of Richard Dean Anderson himself because he because um, MacGyver's like from Minnesota, loves hockey, big outdoorsman, all this Was stuff. MacGyver a scout? Yes, he was a Boy Scout. Um, um, so like all this stuff, all the exact same things that like Richard Dean Anderson was, um, a lot of parallels that I saw in both like my father who was like, fr- like raised in Minnesota, played hockey, was a boy scout, big outdoorsman, had a Jeep. Um, so there was a lot of parallels on that aspect. Um, and then there was also just like parallels that I felt in like my life growing up as being an outdoorsman, um, and all that stuff. Being so a freelance I think adventurer that, for the CIA. And... Well, uh, yeah, and then uh, yeah, but other stuff is fun too. Yeah, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. It's I, I think it will probably be one of my favorite shows of all time, and I, I love. And I've I've just been recently going back and watching it, and it's it's just good. It's just good. I think it's also What's worth noting that? that like it comes out of that late '80s, early '90s miasma of. Because, like, for whatever reason, MacGyver and A-Team are bundled together in my mind of, like, quintessential viewing. Very different, though. <laughs> Very different shows, but I would argue they're all, they're a lot, they're more similar than they are different, at least in terms of theming, of we've got these guys, either a group or one individual, and they're out there just trying to help people. They're good people who do good things and try and help people. And have adventures and do dumb dubious at best science engineering kind of things yeah it's like dudes going on adventures and saving people but in a way that's like not like a james bond or like something or even like a mission impossible where it's like like regular regular dudes going and, and like doing stuff or like someone you could like see yeah i mean the whole you know point I mean? of the like from what I remember of what I saw of MacGyver, it was very much a, like, he's helping out the locals against whoever the local bad guy is, or he's just happens to be in the area when something starts to go down. Yeah, typically it's he just happens to be in the area when something happens. <laughs> and the A-Team yes. parallels that pretty well. Of the Like, their intro is, if you need help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team. But, like, nine times out of nine, they never get paid. <laughs> like, Yeah, that's true. They either, like, yeah. have to escape with their, because the general's on their tail, or they're doing it out of the goodness of their hearts because B.A. Baracus needed to help out the local youths. Like... MacGyver gets paid, though. 
Yeah, well, he works for... He actually has a job, so... <laughs> yeah, well, MacGyver's that... part of the man, man. Because <laughs> another like, thing that the they A-team. always... Because another thing they always bring up is, like, his bonus. Is, like, talking about his bonus because he works so hard. But it's never, like, a monetary bonus. It's always, like, he gets to play hockey with, like, his favorite hockey team. Or he convinces his friend, who's the director of operations, to go, like, whitewater rafting with him. <laughs> it's always, like, a joke of, like, what his bonus is. But that's nice. actually really... That's, like, a great idea, though. Does it happen, like, every episode, or is it, like... Not every episode, but it's very... It's very... It's a very common thing that his boss is, like, I'll even throw in the old bonus. Anything you want. Like, he says that all the time, and, like... And, like, he... So, it comes up often enough that it's kind of reoccurring. I love that. Awesome. Well, for my recommendation this week, much like James, it was on season three. Unlike James, it was of a modern show, Umbrella Academy, season three, out Ooh. now on Netflix. I did hear it was uh, some, uh, well, what do you think? Yeah, I guess that's what the whole thing is. What do you think? <laughs> uh, spoiler free. Oh, maybe we should tell us what this is about. So, we should have a segment like that. Just in, just in case anybody doesn't know, Umbrella Academy is a superhero show but based on an independent uh, IP, basically. It was published under, like, one of DC's imprint labels. So technically it's DC, but it's not like Batman and Superman aren't ever going to show up. Um, created by Gerard Butler of My Chemical Romance? Um, Wait, don't quote really? me on it. Uh, yeah. Gerard Butler. The Umbrella Academy. Um, but the first two seasons, the second season came out, like, right... It either came out like just before or just as the pandemic. Are you talking about hit. the comic series? Yes. Created by okay. First of all, Gerard Way, Gerard Butler. I knew it was going to get that wrong. <laughs> I knew it was Gerard. I, I couldn't remember if it was Way or Butler. Eh, that's Fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now that now that you say that, I'm kicking myself because I know who Gerard Butler is. Anyways, hey, but you nailed it though. You got the Gerard, and he is My Chemical Romance. So. Yeah. Um, now I'm just thinking of Gerard Butler and My Chemical Romance. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the Umbrella Academy, this, this dude, Sir Reginald Hardgreaves, freelance adventurer, he, uh, a bunch of babies are born with superpowers on the same day at the same time all around the world, and he buys seven of them. And they're super dysfunctional, they're not really what you can call a team in any sense of the word, and they all have huge egos and bad issues. Season two. And the whole, like, premise of Seasons 1 and 2 was, there's an apocalypse, we gotta stop it. And they stopped it in Season 1, but it dumped them all into, like, the days in and around the JFK assassination. And by their being there, they caused another apocalypse, so they stopped that one. And then they went home. But spoiler alert for the end of Season 2, when they went home, they created a time paradox. Because they fucked about with the their past father... Sir, adoptive father, Sir Reginald Hargreaves, and he looked at them as adults and went, if this is how you turn out, fuck this, I'm not going to adopt any of you. And he adopted oh, wow. a different seven children. So, it's like, it's kind of like like gritty X-Men, uh, I guess? Yeah. Like, gritty X-Men's like, a good way to describe it. Um, because it has about as many soap opera-esque life problems as the X-Men. Um, yeah. Like, their mother was a robot. 
Because that was the only caretaker, like, by the time they were all adults, the only quote-unquote caretakers were Hargreaves, their adoptive father, Robot Mom, and the super-intelligent monkey, uh, Pogo. Yeah, I remember, I remember Cal was watching, like, that, um, a couple Mm -hmm. years ago, like, and I caught... When it first came out, the first season. Yeah, I remember catching, like, a couple episodes. It reminded me... Of like, um, it, it's more, it's more like, like X-Men, like X-Men meets, um, like a series of unfortunate events. Yes. Like it, it felt very much like that kind of like quasi like Tim Burton-y, but also still kind of like, it's got that graphic novel. A lot of the it lighting. Fun. It's very fun. Um, and it, I think one of the things that helps is the, these characters are very real. Like the, in watching it, there were a couple points where somebody I knew who watched it was like, oh, yeah, I... I get this. I I understand this family dynamic too well. Mm. Um, what, without spoilers, um, if you can, yeah. like, what's the deal with season three then? So is it them just, they're back in, like, the regular timeline, and they're just kind of hanging out and having to deal with, like, interpersonal stuff? Or, um, or like, what is kind of... Just, because this is just the convention so far of the show, it's the apocalypse again. Um, okay. they, they just keep, every time they try and fix the apocalypse, they make a new apocalypse. And it's just kind of a self-feeding loop. Um, so, it, there's going to be another apocalypse, but I'm not going to tell you how it starts or why it starts or what it starts. Interesting. Are um, these apocalypses tied in thematically with anything the characters are doing? Like, other than them, like, causing it? Like, um, is, it, is it like, oh, like, through our own folly, like, we've created this again, like, in a, like, a, not like a Shakespearean sense, like, totally, but you know what I mean? Where it's like, uh, through not, my own action, like, my own end, or is it more just like, no, it just kind of keeps It just kind of keeps happening. Because, like, the first one, in season one, the apocalypse is, hey, our seventh member who was, like, our sister but didn't have any powers. Turns out she's actually the most powerful, but she was too powerful. We didn't train her right. She couldn't control it. So one of the team, like, the dad had one of the team members wipe her memory so she couldn't remember having powers. Okay. And then still proceeded to just treat her kind of shitty. And (laughs) then when she got powers, she... Before they stopped the apocalypse, the apocalypse starts because she gets her powers gets really angry, and blows up the moon. Good times. Yeah. Do you remember hearing about that? And then season two's apocalypse is they all go back in time. Um, I think it's that they prevent the JFK assassination, but that results in a Russian invasion. And so they're in debt, like Dallas, right? Dallas, yeah defending against this russian invasion like this the season literally season two literally opens with the cool montage of them using all their powers and fighting the russian troops and winning and it's just the six seven of them against a goddamn army and then the nukes fall yay yeah um what so, what draws you what like draws you to the show you think one of the things that draws me to the show is, A, the powers are all really cool. It's, for the most part, stuff that's not quite as common in terms of, like, superhero power sets. Um, for example, one of the new characters has a power set where they control birds. That's cool. 
but like they literally spawn the birds out of their back and they're blind and see through the eyes of the birds. Um, the other thing is the dynamics. Because a lot of the times, even if you look at like the boys, superhero media team fight is almost always like, ah, oh, we're, we were friends, but now we're enemies and I'm going to punch you in the face until we're no longer enemies. Or like in the boys, <laughs> it's we're goddamn superheroes, but we still fucking fight like goddamn superheroes. So it's all on a massive scale and it's earth shattering and life or death fighting. Whereas with the Umbrella Academy, there are very frequently fights where they're just like slapping at each other and not actually doing anything effective. Um, it, I will say it, it's more, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, you go. You. I want to hear. Um, the one thing I have as like a criticism of season three is I did not like the character arc of Allison. Uh, she. It. It. I don't know if they just didn't know what they were, what to do with her, or if they. I'm leaning more towards the camp of they knew what they wanted out of her character arc for season three, but they didn't know how to get there. Or the best way to get there. Which made it feel very much kind of like inconsistent. Hey, can you repeat that one more time? I'm sorry. Uh, in her, Allison's character art felt very inconsistent. Because uh, they knew what they wanted out of her. But they didn't. it seemed like they didn't know how they wanted to get there. So it just kind of fell apart. Or it's like kind of um, stunted. He stunted is probably the best. It, it tended to flip flat back and forth. Uh, one minute it's over here, the next minute it's over there, and it was kind of hard to. F it wasn't hard to follow, but it was like okay, that none of this means anything at this point because we it didn't mean anything the last time. In episode like it, it doesn't mean anything in episode five because it happened in episode four, and it's gonna happen again in episode six. Like this is, give me something. Uh. Give me some change. So it's like, it's like an attempt at like maybe like a repeating flaw, but they're just not like playing it, kind of like as well as they could. Like it feels more like a bad writing potentially yeah, than it does. Yeah, it's supposed like, to be. She's supposed to be struggling that, with yeah. a problem. Yeah. But it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't work out. Who's, who's your favorite character? Um, that's tough. One of my favorites is Luther. I really like okay. Luther, relate a lot to Luther, because Luther is the quote-unquote oldest, he is number one, and is the lo the one who was originally, like, super loyalty, I get to sit on the moon for a decade and do nothing, I guess, uh, yeah, like, maybe not a decade, but a good, like, three or four years alone, because I was told to and I'm gonna do my responsibility. Uh, between that and five... Five being the teleporter who ends up traveling forward in time to the apocalypse and then living through most of the apocalypse and then getting a chance to, because time travel shenanigans, return. Um, but very much the five is the, I'm solving the problem. You're all standing around talking about it. I'm doing something about it because I actually came up with a plan and thought things through and generally know what I'm doing. But yeah. Season three, out now. Fantastic. Our next segment.
How to Be a Better Buddy, where we give some real and some humorous advice. Our first question. What is worth spending more on to get the best? Cocaine. Uh, yes. Um, also, honestly, just most things. It's just the level of what that difference is, I would say, that determines whether or not you should spend it. Because, like, some things, the difference between the worst and the best is, like, not a lot. So it's not necessarily worth it to spend it. But sometimes even just a little bit more bumps it up incredibly. So not the gold thread garbage bags. No, you should definitely uh, get those. You, no, you should definitely get those. Um, those, are, those are secure, more secure than yep. poor people bags. Yeah, um, you don't want to be, you don't want your trash guy to think you're poor, do you? <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. You got to set standards, all right. Um, I would honestly say, like, genuinely, probably like headphones or like earbuds. I think well, that's like a good a, one. Yeah, like a good pair of those. It will cost you, but so so worth it like it's so uh-huh. worth it. as because like you can spend like 20 bucks on a pair at the gas station but like they will break and it, yeah they and it's noticeably break. like not as good quality and if you're and if you treat it right you'll hold on to them for a long time like my headphones that i'm wearing right now i've probably had these for close to a decade and they're still rocking I've replaced the cable and the ear pads multiple times, but it's been cheaper each time than getting a new head pair of headset headphones. Yeah, no, I'm totally... gonna I'm gonna go in the computer camp. Maybe not the best, but like when you're buying a computer, bite the bullet, spend the money, mm-hmm. because I have yet to personally experience a minute where I didn't spend the money. Or where I spent the money and regretted it. Like, the last laptop I used, I bought in 2015, and did not buy a new one until 2021. Yeah. And it worked Actually. decently well up until the mo- that last year where I was like, yeah, it's time. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. I mean, <clears throat> obviously, you feel like you got your money's worth, right? It's I mean, Spent about a thousand bucks on it, and I got so equaled out to about two hundred, no, one hundred fifty a year, something like that, somewhere between one hundred fifty, two hundred a year. So that's not bad. Yeah, nice. Nice. Our next question: How did going to college change you as a person? Oh, oh goodness! We all became high functioning alcoholics. That's not true. I don't function. <laughs> no, that's fair. <laughs> oh, as you know, girl, functioning. I, am, I, I uh, can't function at all, actually. And I don't even need the alcohol. <laughs> Joke's on you. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, we all started drinking because we became old enough to drink, and we all went, oh, I like this. Um, I feel like that would have happened regardless of college, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh... I feel like it might have been worse if it, we hadn't had college. Um, but college was a time of, like, self-reflection. Like, I was a... Even just, like, from 18-year-old RJ walking in in September to 20... Was it 22? No. Maybe? I don't know. Uh, whatever. How about four years later? Yeah, I was 22. Four years later, RJ walking out of... Uh, 
across the stage of graduation. I was two very different people. And yeah, some of that can be attributed to time, but part of it was also the, like, environment and the people I talked to and the self-reflection. I I very much agree. I, I definitely yeah. had to, like, I really, uh... I both, like, became... Or... I, I, I think, like, first for me, it was really, like, I became, like, really mature and then i like like broke me down and then i had to like back if that makes any sense like it was really fun like i i, <laughs> I thought college was like a really fun time yeah um but i honestly kind of view it a lot like high school where i don't know if you could like pay me to go back through it again um like if i had to repeat everything i I miss the freedom. Like I yeah, I was about to, to say, out. that's the only thing that I'd be yeah. willing to go back for. <laughs> I'd do the entire thing over again. No changes. I, I would do. Yeah, I mean, I learned. I learned a lot of like really, really important lessons, and yeah, I. I mean, I think. I think I came out of it honestly for, like, for the better. Like, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I yeah. did it. Um, um, but yeah, college was what a wild time. Man. Well, I think <laughs> I think part of it too is the you don't have to get this through college, but you do have to make it an intentional self period of self reflection. Like mm-hmm. that, even those four years in general are very formative of your you kind of left the nest of high school you have to figure out who you are as a person functioning in the world and while college is kind of a cushion to that you how much you change is up to you you could totally either go just start working or start college and close your eyes and ears to everything and everyone around you in terms of new information and just say i am who i am and i'm gonna be who i am and that's who i am and get to four years later and you're the same person you were or you can be open to conversation and listening and change and thinking about your actions and your words and your opinions and your belief and evolving as a person yeah and there i think there are some people where it's like they've come to those realizations before they even reach that stage like there are some people i I, i'm i'm sure who are like genuinely even exiting high school not many but some where they're like self-possessed and like aware enough where they're like are confident enough to say kind of like you know they they are who they are and it's not like a defined thing it's just a genuine like yeah like this kind of me um but i will say like when i went to college at least and i think you're right like it was more the socialization like i experienced like levels and degrees of socialization that i never like had before and it really like made me aware of like how oblivious it kind of been and like how much mm-hmm. i had been sort of like on an autopilot almost and now that i was having to like actively form friendships or kind of like actively manage my own life so much suddenly changed um and it was like a really good lesson don't get me wrong like they do baby you to a degree in college like there is there is a lot of support in some areas but there are other areas where it's like you're totally like on your own like and i don't know um i i found it 
again, it could be frustrating, but it was also like challenge was i think like necessary and i think it's necessary for a lot of people i wouldn't encourage everyone to go to college because i don't think it's like i don't think this the academic side is necessary for everybody but yeah getting out in the world and like seeing stuff and being places and doing doing things with people just so you kind of know you know um yeah get out into the world yeah yep i would agree uh, our next question. Recount, uh, Calvin. Any wild, wild stories you want to tell us? Well, I did have this really. This is like my last couple years. I got stuck with this really annoying dude from my roommate. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, dude. I heard he left dishes in the sink like every night. <laughs> I heard he had a running tally of back owed money. <laughs> oh man, dude. He someone's got to Someone should hire the dog. Dog the bounty hunter. Uh, yes one day he'll be brought to justice one day <laughs> today is not Basically. that day <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> uh, our next question is uh, hey guys how do you respond to another man hello. from an, hello <laughs> how do you respond to another man from a men's group check in with the guys weekly with further details, do you think it's obsessive or wish more men would check in with each other more often? How you guys doing? Let's check in real quick. How we doing? RJ, why are you so obsessive? I'm compulsive, actually. James is the obsessive. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't even know me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's fine to just check in with your friends and other people. There's nothing wrong with that. And be like, hey, what's up? How's it going? I don't even think weekly's that, like too often yeah if you're doing it way day daily depending on your what your relationship is with these people it's like yeah maybe a little much but at the same time if it's just like one daily you're like hey how's it going it's like i don't know that that's anything wrong with that i i feel the need to throw in here though that i my sense of time is completely warped when it comes to that like texting so yeah and that's fair and it i feel like it is a very much a it varies person to person and like i said you're depending on your relationship with that person like if it's a complete stranger and you're checking in every single day that's a little weird greeds agreed agreed i think especially because like at least from my perspective like i can definitely be type of person who's like i'll see a bunch of messages in the group chat and it's like it's like comforting to know uh, even that, like, just people in the friend group are, like, talking, basically. Even if it's, like, just a short ex- exchange of messages. I can kind of be, like, dramatic and also, at the same time, like, simultaneously, like, outy. And, like, I'll see that, like, I'll see that group chat full of messages and I'll put my phone down. I'll be sitting in my room, like, later at night. I'll be like, no one ever wants to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Very you that. thing. <laughs> no, James, I get that. No, it, so it's like it's really nice. Like, I I I don't participate as often as like should, but it's always nice to have that there where you can like drop in and even just leave like a random comment or a message or two. And e- even if like just gets seen, like it's something where it's like, oh, like it's cool, like just to kind of like up in with the guys every once in a while, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's that odd. I, I would agree with basically what Calvin said. 
Yeah. Or just once on every hour on the hour. Just, hey, how's it going? And then when they don't reply, mm. you message them all individually and say, hey, you need to check the group chat. Yeah, mm. I, I heard I don't know uh, about that one. <laughs> well, see, the thing is, is uh, in, in the wake of potentially impending multiple apocalypses, uh, Kelvin has actually built... I don't know if you've ever seen Lord of the Rings, but the network of uh, torches on tops of mountains or whatever, Kelvin has actually constructed that. So why are you, you telling know, people my secrets? I'm so sorry. that they know when Gondor calls for aid. That well, exactly. So he'll send a he'll send a variety of smoke signals, and I will go to the only mountain in Iowa, Mount Iowa, and I will send my signal. <laughs> 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 and then you'll send yours and then we'll all you know i don't know how you do Gondor. like the little thumbs up like react to those things but we'll we'll figure out, we'll figure out. <laughs> the, the fire just like is like the bonfire is like built into the shape of a giant thumbs up yeah it's like a smaller one right off to the side that you can like use and flap yeah <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's what it is. So, so the, when you tip, you have to tip the bonfire over, and that becomes the thumb of the thumbs up, and lights the rest of the go. hand. Y yes, exactly. Yes, you know he, he's got it. We'll do one more, maybe. Ah, right. uh, da, da da da. How do you think you would do if you were born five thousand years ago? With further details. Better or worse than now, comparatively speaking, of course. You think anything would be better for you? What would your ancient nickname be? Mm. I feel like I, I would be all or nothing. Yeah. Well, You're I, either God King or just a dead guy? Maybe not God King. <laughs> not God King, but definitely <laughs> dead guy is the other option. Because of my father's chosen profession. Right? Like. Oh yeah, you're getting burned at the stake. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm either getting burned at the stake for witchcraft or... I am a jester entertainer in the royal courts and am right at that borderline of like, I'm living pretty good, but when the revolution comes, I'm definitely on their side. <laughs> you'd be, yeah, you'd be more like a, I mean, 5,000, that's what, that's like tribal stuff, isn't no, it? No, that's, I mean, well, that's, like, that's the 1500s, dude. Uh, that's 5,000? 5, Wait, that's hundreds. 5, Fuck. <laughs> that's 3000 bc that's like that's like oh isn't that the uh height of like the egyptian empire isn't it and it's, no, i'm still doing pretty good then no way. 3000 it's like bc early, is that early it's like 30th early. century bc um stonehenge was being built that's where hey, rj's at there we go that's pretty good uh that's the death of egyptian first dynasty pharaoh so it's beginning of Egypt, really. Uh, okay, so I'd be like a druid. Yeah, dude. Yeah. My God, yeah, I would do that for sure. The Aegean Boy. Bronze Age begins. Boy, so the Greeks wrong. aren't even like a thing. Yeah, Damn. the Sumerians established cities. Yeah, this is like... Troy was founded. The, yeah, this is early antiquity. James is right. So it's not tribal necessary. It's like kind of tribal, but not really. It's like you, civilization okay. exists. It's just yeah. not. It's not medieval. It's, not, it's it's just getting going. It's just the wheels. There's just start. enough civilization there that I could either be like a, a a Celtic druid who lives in the woods in a cabin alone, but will like give strange predictions and concoctions and speak for the gods, or I'd be down in like the Mediterranean in some court there. 
or I'd be dead. Well, you basically you basically have to be in Egypt if you Egypt or Mesopotamia if you want civilization. If you're up in like England, then you're tribal, like no civilization, yeah. nomadic stuff. Yeah, you're. Well, I don't know. It says here I'm seeing there's. Uh, so 3000 BC, there's an intense phase of burial at Dubanat. Oh, yeah, I see that. The Hill of Tara, on the Hill of Tara, the ancient seat of the High King of Ireland. Okay, so maybe there's something. I guess I didn't realize there was well, much said, civilization at that point up there. but Druid. Yeah, you can be a druid. Like, it's probably like Rolfson. Like Beowulf type stuff. It's like, like not That's Beowulf, a good point, yeah. Druid, well, no, but, but yeah, like, but I, I know what you're going for, yeah. That'd be dope. I would, I would, I would hang out there. I'd be like, James, you they don't really have <laughs> your profession doesn't it's, exist. Yeah, no, I would. Iron Age would be, uh, dude. If I could, what I don't know, what would I? Do you think? What do you think would be better for you? Better, or worse, or now? My profession? No, I mean you need. Uh, well, I guess written language isn't a thing. Um, oral, oral stories. You need someone to oh. act it out. I would want to be like. Uh, I, I, they don't really have knights. No, they don't. I mean, like, uh, no, because it looks, it looks like in in Ireland you're in the late Neolithic period, early Bronze Age. So you're just leaving the Stone Age. Nice. Oh, I want to be like a poet warrior. You that's wouldn't what be. I wanna... <laughs> but that's what he wants to be. Let him dream. Fast forward two thousand years. I <laughs> he can be the first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Someone's got to start it, you know. Someone's yeah, has got to start this stuff. You know, I'll be the first. So you would want to be with the Vikings? No, this game I'll be with the Vikings. I, if you've I'll never seen the show heritage. Vikings, James, I've seen the show Norsemen. Watch it's Vikings. A comedy. Or Vikings is good. Vikings is much later, though. Yeah. Yeah, much later. I don't know what's going on in Scandinavia in 3000 BC. What are the Germans up to? Oh man, they're the the Goths, aren't they? Oh yeah. yeah let's see. Yeah, what is 3000 BC Scandinavia? Yeah, like Scandinavian prehistory. Um, that's a word no. that I can't even read. Um. <laughs> The Neolithic stage is marked by the Funnel Beaker culture, 4,000 to 2,700 BC, followed by the Pitted Ware, Pitted Ware culture. So it's the Pitted Ware culture is currently going on. This is, your podcast is now transitioned to a history podcast. That's fine. Uh, oh, wow. The Pitted Ware culture coexisted with the Battle Axe culture. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All right, wonder, yeah, I'm definitely going to Scandinavia. Wonder who won. <laughs> <laughs> Battle axe culture, also called the boat axe culture. Boats. Yeah, Scandinavia is where it's at, apparently. Yeah. Is what is like? Yeah, let's see. Three thousand. I'm going to do three thousand BC. Ireland. The druids. It's all just druids. And yeah. Well, hanging out, being being magical, and st yeah, Neolithic period. Um, Living in caves, eating uh, weird mushrooms, and talking about the Fae. Dude, that's the life, though. That does sound like the life. I'd live it. Um, yeah. All right. Well, should we should probably wrap up this yeah. intense. 
<laughs> uh, you need to answer Historical the last question, though, of um, what would your ancient nickname be? Uh, I am Rolf, son of Rolf, son of Rolf, son of Rolf. That's cheating. Um, uh, it's truth. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's cheating. Um, I don't know. It would be like... Um, I feel like it would be determined based on your actions, which we can't determine... Yeah, I would be um, the one who writes weird things. Yeah, the guy who scratches in the dirt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I could be that guy. (laughs) Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to look at the guy scratching in the dirt and be like, you know what? There's a better way to do this. Fair enough. All right. Calvin, do you have yours? Yeah, what's uh, your I got nothing. What do you? Boatman. 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 Build a boat. Boat axe. <laughs> boat axe of the yeah, boat axes. Yeah, yeah there we go. All right, no one's tangoing with some Scandinavian guy named Boat Axe, okay? <laughs> 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 All right. Thank you both for joining this week. No. Of course. No, there we go. I was waiting for the James interruption. There it was. I know. I know <laughs> sometimes you go right through it and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't say anything. And then, and then you do. Always say something. Always Thank say you. something. I'm so... <laughs> Thank the... you very much, RJ. Fun. You're welcome. Thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off yesterday. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. We're also on social media. Facebook, Better Buddies. We uh, have our Meme Mondays. And post our icebreaker questions for you to answer. On Twitter, your Twitter account is at BetterBudcast. Use the hashtag BetterBuddies when you tweet about the show. And our Gmail account, BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, a hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war, icebreakers you want us to answer, questions you need advice on, and some other thing like five weeks ago that James added on that I forgot about. And last, but not least, be a better buddy. Hey, James. Hey, James. Hello. Hello. I definitely did not just make an impromptu uh, sound dampening... Uh, like coaster for my glass bottle of water and my vanilla coca-cola can brilliant yeah took an old earbud box popped the bottom out flattened it out works like a charm you're an audio engineer i am indeed all right shall we get this party started (sighs) all right i hate it (laughs) let's do it all right